I think this is the only time I'm ever going to stick up for Hitler in my life. Welcome to Injury Time. My name is Jordan Robinson. I am Darren Matthews. Uh, we have a bunch to talk about, so let's let's not ask how each other's weeks have been, Darren, and let's just fucking get into it. Uh, yeah, the post- this is about a couple of hours old. So exactly. Yeah, fire on. <laughs> we, uh, if for the first time ever, it's an Injury Time exclusive that everybody else knows about, but we get to talk about it before it gets stale. Um, the proposed Super League uh, of 12 teams of Europe's best clubs um or no pressure you now have to upload this podcast exactly 15 minutes after we finish recording so just yeah <laughs> no pressure <laughs> i'm gonna add i'm gonna edit it while while we're, we're talking doing it yeah so uh okay what does the new intro musical like it's like and the boston red sox are the world champions something about our ma aguero hello and welcome to um so yeah no it's it's not good in my opinion uh and i think it's the the opinion of the majority of people who are involved that aren't well no no the majority of the people who are involved are all for it because they're going to line their pockets so basically folks the proposal is the top you know they're like oh the big six whatever six teams from england they're not the big six anymore because some of them are shite yeah six teams from england are going to go and join off with six other teams from europe i think it's three from italy is it one from France and two from Spain? No, so three from Italy, three from Spain, and the rest from England. Who are the three Spanish clubs? Uh, Barcelona, Real, and Atletico. Franco's club. Yeah. And Atletico. And then from uh, England, who's who's going? Manchester United, uh, Liverpool, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Manchester City, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Tottenham. Right couple of things i understand that these teams are owned by billionaires and this seems like a smart financial choice yes but i was watching football today when this was announced and they asked gary neville after the match what he thought and he said these people have absolutely no understanding of the game uh, what it means to the people uh, i mean in england i mean we're, we're irish but we follow english football teams exactly but this is the people don't know what these teams mean to people that you can't just take them out of a league the premier league is the best league in the world why change it yeah, and if you want to see your teams play big teams, support your team so they can get uh, into the Champions League, and that's where you watch the big games. That's why the Champions League is so beautiful because you get to watch the best of the best competing, and European football is some of the best in the world. So, what is the issue here? And this is a—I mean, UEFA have called it a cynical move themselves. Yeah, um, they. There has been a number of different articles that I've seen about uh, UEFA themselves potentially taking legal action against it. Um, I'm not quite sure what kind of, uh, what's the word, kind of stance they would take on it if they are doing anything illegal, or is it just kind of, I wouldn't say immoral, but, you know, it's not what the fans want, and it won't be any good for the clubs. It's just going to make them more money. I don't necessarily think they would invest it back into the clubs. Uh, I mean, Does, like, doesn't mean that the club's going to make more money. It means that the owner is going to make more money. There's no exactly. guarantee that this is a new, a new cash cow and a revenue stream to go back into the club or 
the youth systems or the local community. A lot of Premier League clubs in England have community outreach in their local communities. Mm. They do a lot. Like Everton's got its own charity. Man United have, Liverpool have. West and that money is to work in the area where the fans live. Exactly. It's yeah. very, a very localized thing. Yeah, which is a huge thing. And that's that's the point I was getting at. Um, like how much are, uh, was it the Glazers are in debt at the minute with Manchester United? Several uh, hundred million, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but I mean, then have now found that legal loophole where they can they can hire their other companies that which they own and pay. So Manchester United can pay a consultancy firm owned by the Glazers. And that's a means of them taking money out of the club. There is the danger that they will actually devalue the club by taking the, the money out, like directors' revenues and all that stuff. So this just looks like a bit of a cynical cash grab by billionaire owners. Like Liverpool's owned by what the Fenway Group? Yes, yeah. Uh, Man City's owner is an oil baron or a sheik or something. Yeah, from uh, or sheik, U- sorry. UAE. From the UAE. Um, yeah, these people don't know what it's like to. They don't probably don't understand what it is to be a fan or football. How do do we even know these people like football? You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, yeah. stuff like Man City, Chelsea. I would even describe as like a new money club. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea have a great history from when they had no money. So. And then obviously um, whack of titles, Champions Leagues, Leagues and FA Cups whenever uh, Abramovich. Roman Abramovich came in and took over. So it just looks, it all just looks very into the cash. And somebody said to me, oh, it'll be great because then like one of the smaller clubs can win the league. Smaller clubs don't want to win the league that way. Smaller clubs want to develop and they make a lot of revenue by selling out their home ground when you play a big six team. Exactly. Yeah, that's how, that is like a business model that works because like, I know we talk about it quite a lot, both of us being stand-up comedians uh, and just before the pandemic and all started, the business plan that you had uh, shared with uh, people like uh, Leanne and Yuri, uh, what you were doing in the Sunflower Bar, that was a business plan that worked not only for you running a successful club, the comics getting stage time and the audience uh, getting to enjoy a great night and not that expensive, but everybody, like it, it was win, win, win for everybody. It just kind of seems in this situation, uh, they're taking their like approach to it as going like, yeah, there, there is possibilities for them to win. And of course, this is speaking hypothetically because we don't know uh, how they would use the money, but still it's very unlikely that you would see like massive differences uh, at you know ground level in these clubs, which is sad. And as I was saying, just before we started recording, um, I don't know if this is a bit cynical of me to say, but I kind of, you would expect that from clubs like Chelsea, like Manchester City. I'm surprised PSG aren't in it because they would be considered new money also. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's just, it's so strange. And the the whole Manchester United Liverpool as Gary, <laughs> Gary Neville, I don't normally agree with the guy. Um, I think he's an okay pundit, but what he said was absolutely nail on the head for me today he suggested today he said if you if you want to take this seriously find them deduct them points relegate them if they're going to leave anyway punish them don't let don't let man city win the premier league this year and walk off into the sunset and join a new league next year exactly i was like i was annoyed years ago whenever united gave up competing in the fa cup to go play in the fucking world soccer league because it was it was that was money that was the fa cup was was not a revenue stream Mm -hmm. but the beauty of the fa cup is to help smaller teams get their tv money which keeps the clubs going Teams are going out of business in the, like the first and second division. That's not even Premier League. The, and the Premier League is generating money from those big six clubs. Those six clubs go away. It would be like Celtic and Rangers leaving Scotland. What's the point? There's no, Nobody's going to watch anything else. Then it becomes 
that becomes the Irish League and the League of Ireland. And as I've made uh, a mind pointed out as well, the idea of the unification of the two leagues over here, I don't think that's a good idea as well because that is then big clubs get a wee bit bigger, but small clubs fold. They just cease to exist. And I'm an, I'm annoyed as a United fan. I don't want to see United leave the Premier League. That's that's the best league in the world. There's no guarantee that this mini fucking Champions League, that's going to get boring really fast. And then where do you go? What, do they ask to come back whenever the Premier League has no money? It's it's one of those things where, yeah, it just looks like it's doomed for failure. Um, uh, yeah, there's not, there's not really much we can say about it. Obviously, we'll talk uh, in further detail uh, with the developments of an All-Ireland League. Um, uh, for someone, I'm speaking for myself here, who, um, you know, is an avid fan of local football. Um, I struggle uh, to kind of make my mind up on it just because it is uh, supporting a team that is, uh, you know, has won a couple of uh, Gibson Cups recently, like the league in Northern Ireland, and who I would say are on the periphery. They're not doing very well this season, but, you know, they're constantly third, fourth, finishing high up in the table. Um, Whether that would be a good thing, uh, number one, like selfishly for my club uh, that I support, uh, but in terms of football in general, uh, and you have to look at it. Is it going to be good for football teams or like good for fans? And obviously you want that sweet spot where both are getting the, both of the boxes are getting ticked where fans and clubs are happy. But I think it'll take a lot of uh, logistical kind of, what's the word? Logistical hoop jumping to try and like please everybody. And, you know, I, I, looking at it going like smaller clubs will then struggle that's obviously a thing you don't want to see because like uh i loved going to like different clubs and stuff like that in the irish cup it's the exact same thing as the fa cup you know them getting like a full stadium for okay if we're calling a spade a spade that more fans than what they're used to coming into the ground and stuff like that you know, that's that's a huge bonus for them, for clubs who are amateur. Um, you know, it gives their players great experience and just helps football in Northern Ireland in general. Uh, so I, I don't honestly I haven't made my mind up yet. Is basically what I'm trying to say. But that, that's an all Ireland league. But when it comes to this European Super League, mm. here's the crack. West Ham are having a good year. Yeah. If West Ham can get into the Champions League this year by finishing fourth, Massive achievement for a, a, a team that's competing with a tenth of the money that the next three teams are playing with. Precisely. Do you want to see West Ham win a league without those teams in it? Or do you want to see West Ham do a Leicester and pull a win out of absolutely nowhere? Which is the beauty of football, the beauty of sport, where sometimes you can fuck as much money as you want at it, but nothing beats a wee team doing well. I mean, I, I'm fortunate enough to, to support what I would describe as one of the biggest teams in the world, but it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows the last few years, but that's just what you have to get used to. I don't think us moving league is going to help us win anything. Fuck me, if Man United went into an all, on a, uh, like a Super League in Europe, we're second in the Premier League now, we could finish sixth in that thing. We could be mid-table for the rest of our days. Yeah, um, to answer your first question, in terms of wanting uh, West Ham to win, say, the league, uh, there's absolutely no question. You obviously want it to be the way that Leicester did it, where they were just head and shoulders better than the rest of the league that season when they won it. Uh, obviously, you want to compete against the guests, uh, the the best of the best in the league, 
Um, and obviously then you get, if you won uh, the premiership without, you know, Manchester United, uh, Liverpool, City, Spurs, Arsenal and Chelsea, the amount of stick you would get off those fans is going like, I, yeah, you won it, but after we left kind of thing. Um, so obviously that is, yeah, there's no question in my mind that you want the most competitive league. And as you said before, the premiership is the best league uh, in the world. And I agree with that, even with the love of con- like European continental football and South American football that I have, uh, I still think the Premiership is head and shoulders the most entertaining league. Um, obviously, you can give like different kind of merits to all the different leagues, like the most attacking, the most, you know, dirty, the most defensive and stuff like that. Um, but all in all, the most entertaining league has to be the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's great that, I mean, you talk about new business plans. Also, if Arsenal and Spurs are going, that's the only way you're getting into Europe. You're used to bastards, all right? That's a perfect point. Uh, stop being serious for a wee second. And uh, yeah, yeah um, whoa, that was, a he- that was a heavy start to the episode. That was like, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I was in front. I was like at a union strike and I'm trying to like <laughs> rile up the rest of the football, uh, the football owners. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, let, let's move on to something a lot better. Uh, the Northern Ireland women team uh, have qualified for the Euros. Yeah, the Green and Women Army. Well done, guys. Hey, well done, nice. I like that. Yeah. No, 100%. Like, it is monumental, especially, like, coming from the ranking system. They're, I think, was it the top 14 or the top 16 go ahead into Europe? Into the, uh, Europe like that. Uh, and they're the only team outside of the top 16 or 14 or 16 so which they beat they beat the ukraine 1-0 oh, to qualify yes um yeah. they uh they got obviously uh against better systems and stuff like that and more infrastructure in the norwegian teams uh call a spade a spade they got absolutely hammered um but i think that's just more indicative of how good of a team this is because you see them uh getting kind of you know beaten substantially by these teams with better systems the, Can the, I point out, though, that when it comes to women's football, the best player in the world at present is supposedly a Norwegian. So that's that's the system that also there. I just, that's development. Exactly. Um, yeah, and that, yeah. so the whole development of the league uh, or the um, Norwegian women's team is just that much better. Uh, but then going into it, uh, it's very easy. Like, if you get beat 6-0, you're probably not the most enthusiastic about going into the next game. But, you know, getting wins against Belarus... Uh, the Faroe Islands and Ukraine, who are all decent women's size, uh, sides. So, you know, it's just, it's groundbreaking, really, especially for yeah, women's it, sport in Northern Ireland. It is historical as well. And hopefully with that, could be some form of catalyst where there should be more focus on the ladies game, where they'll be getting, you know, there should be more games for them. So it's quite cool. Plus, I also know that some of the girls on the team are Gaelic players as well. So it's oh. quite cool that, they're playing for the respective women's teams in the Irish league. Like oh, yes. these girls aren't. Yes. I don't know. If, I don't know if any of them actually play over in England, which is higher level mm. lady football. So I think exactly. they're all playing here. So that's class. Yeah. Uh, no, I know the the majority of them are playing in the Irish league for people like Cliftonville ladies and uh, Crusader strikers and stuff like that. And for it to be held like right in the center of Belfast, well, on the outskirts of the center of Belfast, uh, just on the shore road in Seaview. Uh, I think, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic thing to look at going like, yeah, this is just purely come from 
Northern Ireland from Northern Irish players, Northern Irish teams, Northern Irish coaches. And it's, yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, well, I mean, like um, one of my friends who I, I worked with in Canada is a girl called Stephanie Pukovic. Steph is the, the, she's Canadian, but she's the national goalie for Croatia. She plays over there at the minute. And she said, it's great if your club can get into a major competition. It's a good way for those girls then to potentially play well and maybe get bought. And if they get to go over to England or get to go to a country where they're playing at a higher level, mm-hmm. it becomes, you know, it becomes sort of, it's not self-funding kind of, it, it, there's development and better coaching available. They go back over, they raise the game for the other players who so they yeah. hopefully get bought in. And then you have that system, which for years ago, which was people going over to England and playing in the high level. Because I mean, now ladies football has, you know, they have their own match of the day. They have televised games, which mm-hmm. is great to see. And I think that's really cool coming from the real amateur level that the ladies of Northern Ireland have finally qualified for a, a major tournament and it's going to be brilliant for them. Whether they go over there and we'll see what games they get and who their groups end up being. But yeah, backing them all the way. Ladies, congratulations. Very fantastic. And there's nothing better than two Caucasian <laughs> heterosexual males talking about uh, not only what we're going to be talking about in story time today, but also the women's game. But yeah, no, 100% hats off. I think we should return, uh, rebrand the name Lads. To just mean in sound cunts and just say, good lads. I, I do that all the time. I used to, I used to, like the, the Camogues and the ladies footballers of, um, of East Belfast, right? Play there mm-hmm. to me, they're the lads. They're just, you know, they love the sport and they like pints, just the lads. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're the lad, they're the lads minus the toxic masculinity. So they're, oh. good. they're a great bunch of lads. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll cover this quickly just before we get on to uh, this week in sport. Um, YouTube sensation. Uh, what's his name? Jake Paul uh, was uh, fighting a guy called Ben Askren. Uh, and yeah, knocks him, outside, uh, knocks him out inside two minutes in the opening round of the fight last night in, I want to say, New York. Was that a pay-per-view? Uh, yes, it was. Because I was that is fucking disgraceful. I and it was at half five UK time, and I was contemplating because my sleeping patterns almost non existent at this point. So I was like, uh, I'm up anyway. Should I spend 20 quid and maybe it'll be a good fight? And I can say, Oh no, yeah, I watched it and like you know, get first hand experience of what actually happens. Very glad I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I saw a great tweet after I might have maybe one of the Logan Paul or one of those guys had a fight against you know somebody they're, they're doing that it's very american sports entertainment thing where it's not two dedicated boxers it's like this guy's on youtube and this guy used to be in do mma and you're like, yeah, yeah right i don't this all stemmed out of like the floyd mayweather and conor mcgregor boxing exactly. match i don't give a fuck there's men who box who dedicate their lives to the sport and never get to be in a pay-per-view and they give up fucking opportunities and family life and everything they have to the sport Mm-hmm. And they might not ever see the the kind of the bright lights or the TV cameras. And that's unfair that some dickhead with a YouTube channel gets to fight another dickhead who failed at something else Yeah, for a couple of quid in this. It's just, it's another way of making money. Like it's sensationalism uh-huh. in the worst possible way. And don't be doing it in sport because sport is such a pure thing. And this has been fucking mutated. So these dickheads can fight for what, two minutes in yeah. one. And by the way, that did not look like a very hard punch for a dude who's supposed to be a fighter. And I was like, that guy looks like he took a wee dive there. Maybe he's got a few pounds on himself in the bookies. <laughs> exactly. This is what I was just about to say, man. I don't think I would have been knocked out with that punch. 
<laughs> even even given my cardio, <laughs> I don't think I would have been knocked out. Like, but it, like it's a hundred. It it kind of feels it, it's branching out off into the realm of sports entertainment more than actual sports because they yeah. have uh, their guest commentator was Snoop Dogg, and it's very strange. I don't know what uh, history Snoop Dogg uh, has with boxing. Uh, obviously, huge celebrity, um, but. To be fair, the NHL also had Snoop Dogg doing commentary in NHL 20, the EA Sports video game. So yeah. uh, he, he has form, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was strange. Like, because I, I, I watched the highlights of the, the fight and uh, you're just looking at it and Snoop Dogg's just going like, <laughs> knock him out. I got money on you, motherfucker. <laughs> none of it's like yeah. beeped out or anything like that i was like that's uh I, that's the only thing about the whole fight that i liked yeah this is where this is where he started he just admits on her it's like the third round i need him to knock him out so i'm just gonna be very quiet for the next few months so. <laughs> excellent good old snoop eh? yeah but um yeah so overall for the week one positive story with the northern ireland women um mm-hmm. getting to go to the euros shit one of this European league goes away and a shit one that celebrities get the box and like we had sports entertainment it's called the WWE and we also had celebrities used to fight it was a thing on MTV called Celebrity Deathmatch yeah stop ruining good things okay <laughs> there's also that celebrity boxing that Tonya Harding was part of as well I mean like I would watch that if they don't like just go like oh he's a proper fighter now he's not and if he yeah. if he goes into professional boxing he'll get his fucking arse handed to him like and yeah, that's so that's what I'm saying. Give him, give him to a real boxer, and yeah. let somebody just, and not even, not even just knock him out. I want somebody to torture him for about ten rounds, just, oh, just slowly yeah. grind him down until he doesn't want to be a boxer anymore. Yeah, like definitely the, I don't know, uh, what's Sylvester Stallone doing these days? What is he doing? I don't know. Probably, probably writing up a new Rambo or <laughs> yeah, uh, Rocky, Rocky Seventeen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I reckon you never know. Uh, you know, the Italian stallion versus the YouTube dickhead. Like, you know, it would be very entertaining to see. Um, but yeah, let's get into this week in sport. Yes, please. Okay, um, so we will start off with uh, Monday's games in the Premiership. Uh, there was two. Uh, one huge upset and one, it must have been the most boring match in existence. Um, we'll start with the the earlier of the two kickoffs. Um, West Brom actually won a game. Yeah, too little, enough. too late, and uh, they didn't just win; they blitzed. Hammered, yeah, hammered Southampton. Um, yeah, Southampton. Uh, just tail of two seasons, like no, the tail of two halves of one season. <laughs> um, tail of two years. I think they they were flying in twenty twenty, and then twenty twenty one has been exactly yeah. Terrible. Um, they had a proper glow up and now they are, uh, yeah, not doing good. Uh, obviously getting beat by second bottom team, West Bromwich Albion, uh, who are still fighting for survival, but it looks very, very unlikely that they're going to get it. Um, and the other match uh, was a nil-nil draw, uh, Brighton against uh, Everton at the Amex Stadium in Brighton. Uh, very surprised with Everton not taking all three points from that. Yeah, because Brighton cannot score at home. So I don't exactly. know how, yeah, not sure how that was um, an, an absolute clean sweep. Uh, I know for a fact that uh, uh, Calvert-Lewin wasn't on, so that could be an issue because a lot of the goals that um, Everton have scored have gone through him. So that could be a potential reason for it. But sure, 
Ugh, uh, I don't know. I reckon you'd be happy if you were an Everton fan this season. You think so? Yeah, chalk it up as you're doing good. You've got good players. Just regroup, maybe sign that key player that you're missing, maybe in defense or, you know, maybe an upgrade of Gilfie Sigurdsson or Bernard or someone. Because with Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, James Rodriguez, Mason Holgate, uh, Dania, Seamus Coleman to a certain extent, and Jordan Pickford, I mean, like they have all the pieces to make a great team. Yeah, when you think about it, the, the team sheet reads well, but it's yeah. just not translating into results. So yeah, it's point like, there. Yeah, it's like it's like the basic uh, the England uh, debate from what like two thousand and six onwards, where on paper the best team hands down in the world, but they just couldn't play together. So I don't know if that's an issue with Everton, but uh, I definitely think uh, they've got their man with uh, Carlo Ancelotti. Mm, at least, I mean, with those games as well. So that was kind of a. A soft start to the week because obviously then leads into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was all European football. So you love to see it. Uh, okay, we'll start off on Tuesday's Champions League matches. Uh, the yep. first game, uh, Chelsea were against Porto. Uh, Porto ended up winning one nil, but uh, lost two one in aggregate after the two goals scored uh, in the first half. Yeah, um, did you see the goal? Uh, Porto's goal? No, I saw Bayern's goal. I didn't see Porto's goal. Porto's. Porto's goal is a bicycle kick in what the 90 94th minute. <laughs> I mean, like if that if if you're gonna leave the Champions League, that's how you do it. Like, um, no, um, I mean, like I watched the highlights of the Chelsea Porto match and uh they really, really gave it their all. Uh and I'm I'm sad because it's definitely the smallest team uh out now. So, you know, it's getting to the crunch time into the semifinals. So, yeah, I mean, it was weird as well because obviously the two teams uh, from this week's one, the two teams who lost, who sorry, lost their first round were chasing it and both won, but just not enough to not enough. get themselves through. Yeah, both, uh, both won nils. Exactly. Um. So yeah, the PSG Bayern game ended one nil to Bayern. Now I have to say, um, watch this from start to finish. Pardon me, and um, it had to be one of the most entertaining games of football I've ever watched. And definitely, uh, for entertainment value, the best game uh, of this season in all competitions, in my opinion, of course. And very um, hard to say when a game is 1-0. Exactly, right? Um, uh, Bayern, uh, without Lewandowski um, due to injury and without Serge Gnabry because he contracted COVID. Um, so, <laughs> X uh, stoke player Chupa Moting was up front for Bayern Munich. I mean, like he scored in the first leg and you're like, oh, okay, good, good on you, buddy. <laughs> he scores again in the 40th minute and you're going like Lewandowski who? <laughs> I mean, like I was uh, obviously like, uh, I'm not not a fan of PSG, but I prefer like uh, the German style of play. So that's why I was um, going for Bayern. But yeah, those those goals just in the first leg were, were enough to... Um, CPSG by Bayern and you know as much as you can say it's unfair that they went went the way with uh, uh, on away goals man that was one of the most entertaining games of football I've ever watched like and hey if the rest of the um, games are like that in the Champions League this year I'll be a very happy boy I did one of the things I did notice from watching I caught the second half of the Bayern PSG match mm-hmm. um 
Bayern for periods were all over them and one oh, yeah. nil up. And then the dying moments, the last kick of the game was Bayern on the attack. Oh, oh, and then yeah. a shitty cross, and it just it just killed all the momentum. That was the game done. It yeah. was really it was a real anticlimax from so such an intense last few minutes. It was great, very much so. And uh, you know, it was Leroy Sané. Uh, he had a good couple of games uh, during their last uh, two or three games in the Bundesliga. But uh, <laughs> excuse excuse my German, uh, but he was absolute dog shit. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, that that cross at the end. I was like, "You're a professional footballer. You can't beat the first man. You kicked that to you kicked that to the keeper." Exactly, like was I a could have done a better job. Um, moving on to Wednesday's games, a uh, little bit less exciting, but still we get uh, more semi-finalists out of it. Uh, Dortmund were hosting Manchester City. They lost two one, so City go ahead to the semi-finals. Um, I didn't actually get to watch this game, but uh, obviously, like saw the highlights and stuff like that. Jude Bellingham scoring? Yeah, I, th- I think anybody who had the choice of the two games would be glad that they watched Man City and Dortmund because Liverpool and Real was a snooze fest. So yeah, ended nil it nil. was yeah, ended nil nil. But yeah, I mean Dortmund playing City. They, I mean they obviously they already had them two uh, one in the previous thing. But yeah, I mean Dortmund took off at the start, so it, it yeah. kind of gave that game. But there is that excitement then of watching a European game. You're like, fuck, these boys are back in it. No, that was that, and that was. It was a home goal as well. So once Man City got the two, that was the away goal. So it was yeah. a, a hell of a, a hell of a hill to climb at that point. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Man City weren't in that until, I mean, what was the 55th minute? Mahrez yeah, yeah, yeah. is a penalty as well. Wasn't yeah. even Mahrez, and, then and then Phil just... Foden. Yeah. Phil Foden. Foden's goal was class. I can't even be. As I sit here in my Man United jersey, it pains <laughs> me to say Phil Foden was great. Man City's team sheet is ridiculous. Uh, it, it genuinely is, isn't it? Um, so, uh, yeah, let's move on to Thursday's games. Now, uh, I I would say, personally, that this was an upset, but AS Roma uh, knocked out Ajax. They drew 1-1 on Thursday night, but uh, we're leading 2-1 in aggregate. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those where, obviously, I d- dislike immensely Mussolini's team, uh, and I would say my favorite Italian team would be Roma. But, yeah, I, I, I feel bad because... Like uh, one of my favorite players of all time, Johan Cruyff. Obviously, with the whole Ajax connection, I just, I just kind of really, I, I was like, just win something. Especially after that, you know, getting uh, to Spurs in the semi-finals of that Champions League a couple of seasons ago. Uh, they had such good players like De Lit and uh, De Jong, uh, Van de Beek, uh, Davy Clanson, uh, Tadic, uh, loads of great, great players. But then, yeah, it wasn't to be. And it looks like it's another wasn't to be. And the Eredivisie, the Dutch league, just seems to be, uh, I don't know, falling down the pecking order in terms of European leagues, in my opinion. Yeah, you're not going to see your um, your your Ajax probably as well. I mean, the fact that there would be, you know, up we're top of the league, but they're still not getting an automatic space in the Champions League as well, which is yeah. kind of shite as well. Because, I mean... The Netherlands have been a, a kind of world power in football. Exactly. They're probably one of the biggest world world powers that's never won a major. You know, oh, yeah, I know, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, which is absolutely crazy. Getting to the finals of the World Cup a couple of times last time in 2010, and then not qualifying for 2014. Yeah, and also, I mean, you want to talk about crazy to move on. Uh, talk about crazy today's uh, result for them uh-huh. versus Arsenal beating Slavia Prague four 0 during the week. 
Yeah. Playing like a team possessed, playing like a team that knows what they're doing to today's result, which was a joke. So yeah, uh, yeah we'll we'll cover that game next. Uh, so Slavia mm-hmm. Prague uh lost 4-0 uh at home to our well uh in Prague against Arsenal. Uh a hundred percent I don't know where this team came from, but it's not the Arsenal that I've been watching highlights of the whole year. Like a hundred percent just dominated every facet of the game, uh, played extremely well. Um, you, you have to think, was there something psychological in it with the Slavia Prague uh, player getting suspended uh, because of the racist comments he made against uh, camera, the uh, Glasgow Rangers player in the last league uh, or the last leg of the Europa League. So, um, yeah, they didn't take a knee um, during the this, you know, kind of uh, uh, pre-match ritual uh, they've started doing, you know, taking the knee for racial inequality. Uh, or against, not for. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, we finally found something that we have to edit out. Not that we... That we... <laughs> and for badness i'm keeping it in um <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love when jordan makes a really good point and then goes and i fucked it at the end there sorry <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> damn it <laughs> um but yeah no that's definitely something we'll be talking about at length in story time this week um uh moving on villarreal uh beat dynamo zagreb 2-1 um villarreal uh under the stewardship of unai emery uh yeah they're playing against arsenal in the next round you are, or would Villarreal be your outside bet? Yeah, 100%. Or, yeah, because I mean, teams that are left in it, you've got your, so let me see, Arsenal, United, Roma, Villarreal. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I mean, I think at that point, if Arsenal continue to be schizophrenic, they're not going to win a final. United could probably be beaten by any of those teams on a good day or on a bad day for United. Uh, Roma, they've had some classic games with Roma in the past, you know, beating them 7 1 at Old Trafford. Yeah the champions league so but uh obviously you know uh a lot has changed since those days but uh yeah no it'd be very interesting um i would love uh to see roma go through uh apologies um but just because they're my favorite italian club um i would also like to see the yellow submarine do well because you know they're a sleeping giant in terms of spanish football um but i i would adore to see uh united arsenal all english final yeah that would be good i would like to be fantastic. I would really like to crush their dreams and at least we could say we had a title this year exactly and but, uh, obviously arsenal don't have the best track record with europa league finals against english teams getting beat by chelsea <laughs> as well so i hate to bring that one up but uh if you're listening sorry dave um but yeah, yeah. so that was uh that was thursday's games uh a very entertaining games. Uh, you know, you're thinking you're being spoiled with all these great games. Uh, and then you watch on Fridays, the uh, Everton match uh, finished 2-2 against Spurs with Harry Kane limping off injured just before the end of the match. Yeah. Did you watch this one? Did you did you think it was a good game? Or did I, you watched, highlights? I, I watched from halfway through the first half to the uh, final whistle. Uh, yeah, no, they... Pfft, it was an entertaining game. Gilfie Sigurdsson played well. He got both the goals for Everton. When Seamus Coleman came on, he just seemed to be a catalyst for, uh, you know, Everton's, like, attacking force almost because he uh, got the assist to Gilfie Sigurdsson's second goal. Um, Harry Kane uh, does not belong at Spurs uh, the whole season. He's got 21 goals on the season. 
numerous assists, lead or top scorer in the league with 21 goals. And you're looking at it going like, how long? I know he's uh, there's rumors that he said that he's leaving if Tottenham don't get Champions League football. But with the Super League coming up, you know, do you want to move out? If, if that is the case, what's smartest for him? It's, yeah. It's or, bit... or do you go to maybe a European team who are staying with the old format and you can still play in a Champions League? Because, I mean, you're not going to go, they're not going to let you wander off and, and play your own league and then be like, oh, can we play in the Champions League? Because it's massively historic and prestigious. And you're like, exactly. yeah, so are all the leagues you came from, dickheads. No, you can't play here. <laughs> Sorry, mate, not the night, not in them shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, it's absolute bullshit. Like, um, but moving on to Saturday's games, uh, there is a uh, yeah, uh, the Southampton Crystal Palace game was postponed. Uh, I originally thought it was because of the funeral of the original Nazi zombie, uh, Prince Philip. I'm talking about, of course. Uh, but <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we'll cover the late kickoff first. Uh, Wolves beat Sheffield United one 0 at Molyneux. Sending Sheffield United back to the championship. They're officially relegated from the Premier League. That uh, that made me sad because I knew I knew there was like different times when they were going to be relegated. So it was like when they, mathematically they couldn't come back. And then yeah. that was that was the nail. And then second, the manager named the nail in the coffin. So yeah, exactly. Sad. Like there's loads of teams I couldn't give a fuck about. I'm going to miss Sheffield. They were <laughs> good to watch. Yeah, good, good luck blaming West Ham for this relegation. You <laughs> northern <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, no, I'm sad to see them go, especially for the way they played last season. They were a joy to yeah. watch. And yeah, uh, I'm sorry to see them go down. Uh, another thing I'm sorry to see West Ham dropping points, all of them, getting beat 3 2 at Newcastle. I was going to say, because they obviously the, the hope was so up with West Ham. And then, I mean, I would have thought the, the way the form was going and the kind of the enthusiasm within West Ham, I would have thought they would have beating Newcastle like 2-0 I wouldn't have even expected yeah. them to concede to Newcastle and I mean I don't think West Ham are going to go the rest of the year unbeaten but I did not think dropping points to Newcastle then again I didn't think this year that United would be nine points back in second place having dropped points to West Brom Sheffield exactly. and you know everyone in the arse of the table Fulham so yeah, yeah exactly. it happens it happens when you least expect it when you're thinking your team's going to do you a big favor and keep the keep the happiness up Football reminds you that uh, you're not supposed to be happy all the time. Otherwise, how are you supposed to know when you are happy? You know. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's the best way to look at it. Um, just a quick breakdown of the game. Uh, Dawson getting red card after two yellow cards. Um, uh, I would like to say they were on just, but they're a hundred percent dead on. I had no no issue <laughs> with them before. Um, <laughs> Uh, which is a bit annoying. Uh, VAR, let me save you time here. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And yeah, they end up, um, you know, getting two quick goals down 2-0. You're like, oh no, we're going back to the bad times. Um, Fabianski did not have a game to remember, to say the least. Like um, the first goal was technically an own goal because him and uh, Issa Diop kind of got tangled up together. And the second goal was... Fabianski's fault because he just dropped the ball, um, yeah. literally. And uh, but you know, getting back to it, uh, the Jesse Lingard penalty, and uh, who's the other goal scorer? Um, a D up for yeah, yeah, he's a D up, yes, because he scored the own goal as well. So yeah, yeah. he's a D up. So he scored scoring. twice, <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> yeah, yet again, West Ham the only team to score four goals and lose three two. Um, 
uh, very, very, very strange. Um, but yeah, uh, the Arsenal only uh, Willock just stuck it away mo- like two minutes after the uh, Jesse Lingard penalty. And yeah, that was it. Bad, bad result. I don't yeah. think we need to, <laughs> to, to over-egg this pudding. I don't want <laughs> exactly. like to remind you when it's been a fucking bad day at the office because... I know how grim that is, but yeah, I mean, from that for or from that game happening to, and then I thought that the FA Cup semi final was going to be a classic, and it was shite. Yep, this is like when we thought West Ham United was going to be a good game, and it was boring as fuck. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, Chelsea, Man City, uh, one goal by Hakim Ziyech. Uh, I mean, like he scored early on; it was ruled out with VAR. Uh, he took his goal well. Um, and then he had a chance, uh, some would say a better chance, a um, couple of moments after. But uh, the American keeper for City uh, did well to bat it away. Yeah, very boring game. The quadruple dream's over for Pep Guardiola. And yeah. you're looking at it just going like, yeah, I mean, like, they're not going to be able to rub anything in United's face because they're like, well, we, you know. I do, I do want to say this as well because I've seen a lot of this from my fellow United fans online. Folks, don't don't degrade yourselves. Let's not be Liverpool fans for the last 30 years, okay? <laughs> don't be putting up photos of Alex Ferguson with the treble. We know we did the treble. It was a fucking beautiful thing. Um, because the whole point of it was that like they can do the quadruple, but they can't do the treble without the FA Cup. Yeah, I get that. We didn't put them out of it. Okay, let's stop that. Let's stop living in the past and be hopeful that we don't go into a European fucking super league where we don't win any of those cups anymore. But yeah, let, so United fans, please stop putting up photos of Alex Ferguson with the three trophies and be like, you're not one of that monster. We didn't put them out. That's nothing to do with us. Exactly. Let's just remember the good times and get on with our lives and not, not live back there in remembering when they weren't much better than us, which is sad, but true. Let's let's be realistic now, folks. This is... Metallica wrote a song about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, United, great win today against Burnley in the late kickoff. Yeah, I mean, fuck me. United love making me sweat. That was one <laughs> until a fair bit in. So, and then, but thankfully, you know, win one back. Burnley, with a bit of luck, can't hold you out forever. But, I mean, they yeah. did last time. So, yeah. there's the deal. As many times we've said in this podcast, Burnley have to be the most infuriating team for teams to play against. Yeah, uh, especially much. if they get a goal. Uh, and, you know, they're they're decent enough not conceding. They're, they're a hard team to break down. Uh, but, yeah, United left it late, but um, they came away yeah, with all fair, three I points. mean, fair, fair play, yeah. Greenwood getting the two. And then I think because the, they had scored in like the 84th minute, broke Burnley Spurs a wee bit. And then Cavani was able to kind of nip it at the end for a 93rd minute. So happy enough Lo- for that one. Loves a wee goal that Uruguayan. Like, um, uh, can't believe he was free. What the fuck? Yeah, I know, right? Great business. Um, Arsenal and Fulham, a wee London derby for you. Uh, finish one-one. Uh, a couple a uh, point for uh for Fulham, which is you know, <sighs> take what you can get, guys. You know, I do want to I do want to talk about this because Arsenal had the VAR goal. Yeah, yeah, the Did toe. You, the guy is, is toe. <laughs> Now, f- by the numbers, factually, yeah, VAR have ruled that is offside. That is offside by the definition of what VAR is. But that is one of those offsides that ruins. That I was saying to one of the boys that it ruins the passion of the game. Mm. You know, there's nothing sweeter than when you score a goal and you know your guy was offside. Yeah, 
So, I mean, to a linesman, I'd say that would have been incredibly debatable. The linesman would have been sweating himself to fucking decide what it was. Exactly. Yeah, VAR, but like, nah, his toes out of the way. It's annoying as well because his entire body's behind the ball. So it is the toe. That's it. It's ridiculous. Like, leaning into the, you know, leaning out of the run. It was like when Bamford early in the year got offside because he was pointing where he wanted the ball and they're like, your hand's offside. Like, you can't fucking play the ball with your hand. Yeah. So I think I think VAR is a whole separate debate and it's been done to death, but exactly. every on fucking on the when they have the, the proper pundits in. Um but yeah, uh one one today from the team that won four nil earlier in the week. Uh just couldn't deliver and it took to the ninety seventh minute to rescue the point as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um I would I would also like to formally apologize to Fulham fans, to Scott Parker himself, that you know it ain't we, looking good. We uh we give Newcastle all three points. Uh, <laughs> number one, I let myself down. I'm talking as if I'm West Ham right now. <laughs> we Jordan uh, isn't Jordan isn't mad. He's just disappointed. <laughs> exactly right. That's worse. Uh, That's way worse. <laughs> um. So uh, the FA other FA Cup semi final today, which hey, uh, very fair what's the word um definitely not the two top teams in the the league uh because uh chelsea man city you know that would have made a great final but we say that and you know hypothetically but you know two of the best teams left in the competition shake game i assume that's what the super league is going to be like for the majority of the time um but uh in the kickoff today uh the late kickoff is about 6 30 uh, Leicester beat Southampton 1-0 with uh, Ian Acho goal. Yeah, a couple of things about this which were really big parts. And number one was the game was played in front of 4,000 fans. There were fans allowed to go to a game as a pilot scheme for when restrictions ease, hopefully in England. We'll be able to, by, before the end of the year, there'll be fans at games, which I am so on for to bring a bit of fucking passion back into it. Exactly. That fans noise that plays on the TV is freaky. Yeah. And also... I now want Leicester to win the FA Cup because it's their first FA Cup final since 1969. And they don't have the money the fucking Chelsea have. So Leicester exactly. go out, give them hell, win something that is historic for the club. 1969, like that's a long time ago for that team. <laughs> and 69 is a funny number. Um, <laughs> I've just realized that we have actually forgotten, uh, just because of the uh, layout of flash scores on my laptop here, uh, forgotten to do the uh, Northern Irish Premiership games for uh this week so we can uh, go back and do them all together it's okay yeah I, well that's what i'm just about to do my friend um so yeah we'll uh briefly go through them there uh darren if i could get some filler while i get the uh <laughs> the scores up because i actually so folks this is the part of the podcast where <laughs> where jordan panics but he's supposed to be looking for something he's now like he's not clicked on the wrong page he's probably closed the browser entirely he's probably he's probably paused this recording for all i know i could be speaking to myself here I'll, you know what i'll find out tomorrow when he uploads it and if there's a big chunk in the bit in the middle missing where we're suddenly given off about like leicester being fairly predictable beating southampton and then next thing you know it's story time do you know what i mean so he's he's definitely trying to get the old um, irish league up See, so, I'm, but there's I'm, only I'm, games in what? Is it many? When were there games? Like Tuesdays and Fridays, isn't that it? Yeah, I think so. You see, I'm trying. I'm trying to look it up, but it's saying like, uh, it, when I click on it, it's the Northern Ireland national team. Um, so uh, I'll type in Niffle, and if that if that's not it, I, I'll apologize. I mean, there's there's no harm in looking. Like, do you want do you want me to try and get it? Uh, as well? and then, like, did I not just get it? Nice. There you go. Okay. When was the first games? Uh, actually, no, I haven't got a fuck sick. 
you are killing me here. This is like filling time when somebody dies in the rush at a gig and you're like, <laughs> here, you're MC. And so get up there and cheer those people up again. And you're like, oh yeah, sweet. That's, that's really good. Yeah. No well, look, I mean, I, I can tell you, I can tell you some scores from Tuesday night. If that makes you feel any better. Cause uh, I've I got, got them. It. Yeah, no, I've got them up now. Uh, How did uh, I find those while talking and you, <laughs> <laughs> I can do one thing or the other. I can't do both. <laughs> How many scores? Okay, so we'll, we'll even though see. I'm now reading them myself. Exactly. Um, can't really remember where we left off. Uh, go start from Tuesday because we recorded and was put out on Monday, so Tuesday exactly. will be the first pre- uh, Irish Premiership. So, uh, Porter down, Carrick Rangers two uh, 0 Porter down. Lauren and Linfield drew one one. Glen Torren two, Dungannon nil. Uh, Glen Avon three, uh, Ballymena two. Uh, and then in the North Belfast Derby, uh, 2-2 uh, against Crusaders and Cliftonville. And Coleraine beat Warren Point uh, 2-1. And those were the games on the 10th. So that was, yeah, just over a week ago. Um, mm-hmm. Warren Point, Carrick Rangers finished 0-0 on the 13th, uh, which was about five days ago. Um Porter Down then played uh, Dungannon, finished up 1-0. Uh, Glen Torn against Coleraine finished 2-2. And then we'll get to this weekend's games. So uh, Limfield uh, get even more points at the top of the table with a 2-1 win over Balamina. Looks like it's almost curtains for the league. Like um, Cliftonville uh, get all three points against Porter Down, uh, winning 2-1 at Shamrock Park. Uh, Lauren uh, beat Warren Point 5-0 at Inver Park. 1-1 between Carrick Rangers and Dungannon. Coleraine and Glen Torren finished 1-1. I'm very glad to say, Darren, uh, Crusaders beat Glen Avon 6-1. That's quite the, ta- quite the tanking. Tell me about it, man. I was very happy when I was seeing that result, like when I could eventually find it. Hey, um, so... What day, um, what day was that? Was that Friday's game? Uh, Saturday's. Saturday's games? Yeah. Oh, he did Linfield, Ballymena, and Cliftonville, Porter. Yes. Oh, the yeah, the Linfield, Bal- uh, Linfield, and Porter Down games were both on Saturday, and the uh, other ones were, oh, pardon me, um, on Friday. This this is something that annoys me because I use the I use the BBC app whenever we're checking scores, you know, to mm-hmm. remind me of the games that I've watched and what I've seen highlights of. And really annoying whenever you so it, it obviously ranks it by importance, which this is why it hurts. Okay, mm-hmm. so it goes FA Cup, Premier League, Scottish Cup, Championship. Women's FA Cup, League One, League Two, National League, Scottish Championship, Scottish League One, Scottish League Two, Welsh Premier, by the way. Oh God! And then the Irish Premiership. We're can like, you, can you name nine things any, down? Can you name any Welsh Premier League teams? Uh, Wrexham is that no, one? No, they're know. in the English League. Uh, Bala Town um, is the only one I know because we played them in the Iron Brew Cup. A couple of seasons ago, uh, but that's the only reason I remember them. And uh, yeah, so that's us done for this week in sport. Uh, story time, just us two this week, uh, no celebrity guests. Uh, and then we'll go into the uh, games to watch and then a little bit of trivia around. So let's get into story time. Uh, so, story time this week is uh yeah it's just us there's no there's no patty shane steves or anything like that um we are talking about uh, um olympic gold medalist jesse owens uh darren do you know anything about jesse owens 
Uh, things I know about Jesse Owens, he was in the Olympics in the 30s and mm-hmm. Hitler wouldn't shake his hand. That's, that's what I know about Jesse Owens. See, this is perfect because this is actually a pre... Uh, I think this is the only time I'm ever going to stick up for Hitler in my life. Um, <laughs> but, I should fucking hope so. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, we'll start off. Uh, he was born uh, James Cleveland, Jesse Owens, um, uh, in the 12th of March, uh, the, sorry, the September... 12th, one day after September 11th. Coincidence? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> in 1913. Uh, uh, and he was an American track and field athlete and four-time gold medalist at the 1936 uh, Berlin Olympic Games. Uh, he was born um, in Oakville, Alabama, which, uh, if, if you don't really know the geography of the United States of America, would be considered the Deep South. Mm-hmm. And uh, not necessarily known for its uh, racial equality, shall we say, especially in the early part of the, you know, the 1900s. Um, so uh, Owen specialized in uh, the sprints, so 100 meters, 200 meters, all that jazz, and the long jump, and was recognized in his lifetime as perhaps the greatest and most famous, famous athlete in track and field history, uh, setting in numerous amounts of different world records all the way from college up into Olympic standard. And uh, as you said, it, the, there's a rumor that um, uh, Hitler didn't shake his hand at the uh, 1936 Olympic uh, uh, Games, yeah. Uh, gold medal ceremonies. I don't know why I'm, I'm stumbling over that, but uh, um, yes, the, um, the gold medal, when they were awarding the gold medals, the rumor was that Hitler didn't shake his hand or anything like that. But he acknowledged Jesse Owens by giving him a Nazi salute, which he did with the rest of the competitors. So, I mean, it would have been better if he ignored him instead of Nazi saluting him. <laughs> so, to honor Jesse Owens' sporting abilities, Hitler saluted himself. Yes. Is that what you tell me? A hundred percent. Interesting. Uh, how <laughs> narcissistic can you get? Uh, um, but yeah, no, he was the youngest of 10 children, uh, seven boys and three girls uh, in his, his hometown of Oakville, Alabama. Um, uh, going to school, uh, obviously the school system in America wasn't uh, anywhere near what it is today. I mean, like... So segregated is the word you're looking for there, Jordan. It was segregated. 100%. And I also just wanted to point out how many less school shootings there were. Coincidence? Yes. Also, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I'm just going to keep saying coincidence. Um, uh, but yes, so uh, he went to Ohio State University there. He uh, broke a number of records in the college athletic championships um, and winning several medals on the way as well. Uh, and then uh, this was pegged the day of days. Um, so in the 25th of May, 1935, uh, Jesse Owens established four world records in athletics, which you know who he beat to beat the records. Oh, who was who was our guy from previous? No, no. Ah, uh, okay. He beat himself because he he was in a number of different races, uh, and so in the hundred meter section of the two hundred and fifty meter, he beat his sprinting record for the hundred meter. <laughs> Well, I mean, he doesn't. He wasn't slowing down at the end for the line, so you know what I mean. Very just, true, but also, yeah, uh, also just uh, competed in the hundred yard dash, 
the 100 meter dash, uh, long jump hurdles, 200 meters. And yeah, that was all crazy. So this is a year before the Berlin Olympics. So on December 4th, my mother's birthday. See, I remember. Um, uh, the NAACP secretary, Walter Francis White. And for those of you who don't know what the NA, uh, the NAACP, it's the National Association uh, for the Advancement of Colored People. Uh, so yeah, it's just like a, a organization that kind of wants to put the best foot forward for minorities and stuff like that. Um, I think in the States, they call it the NAACP. That's it. I just stumbled through it. Um, uh, so apparently, Walter Francis White, uh, the secretary of the NAACP, wrote a letter to Owens but never sent it. He was trying to dissuade Owens from taking part in the 1936 Olympics, uh, which obviously was being held in Nazi Germany at the time, um, arguing that uh, an African-American should not promote a racist regime um after what his race had suffered at the hands of the racists number one in his own country and then what uh, people of color were going through in say occupied poland uh france and germany at the time um but when you think about it if he sends that letter and he actually manages to persuade owens not to go to the olympics how how does that change the the kind of sphere that we see in like uh, race relations do you think it changes dramatically in the sense that uh he done more good than harm going to um the berlin olympics because i think that well this is obviously with the gift of you know foresight and stuff like that um we're talking about him now but if he refused to go to the olympics we probably wouldn't be talking about him yeah, I mean, you're talking about uh, boycotting the Olympics, which wasn't done until, was it the Moscow Olympics in the 80s when the US didn't go? That was the, the time that somebody boycotted an Olympic Games. But mm. yeah, I mean, as you're saying, I, I mean, if the guy didn't go to the Olympics, yeah, would we have heard of him? The, you know, I mean, athletics is the Olympics. And I know they have, like, there's world championships every year. There's mm. European championships every year. Does anyone give a shout about them when, on, compared to when the Olympics come around? Probably not. Not, not at all. Um, and, and that's why I think it was such like a crucial point and obviously just the kind of irony of Hitler claiming that, you know, the, the master race are Caucasian, blonde haired, blue eyes, six foot, whatever. Uh, and then Jesse Owens coming from an underprivileged background in a, a real like kind of rural state in America coming in and just proving that hey you're talking bullshit because <laughs> i've just won four medals here so you can fuck up i, I hope that's what he said to him <laughs> that would be hilarious in, the, in that accent exactly in that accent. exactly specifically Hitler, fuck up <laughs> fuck up with ye um which is crazy but uh we had uh rona uh, so she did uh, a little bit of research for us and she got some juicy details. And um, because a lot of the stuff that I research and stuff like that, I also kind of, I I don't want to know it until I'm reading it out because it's a surprise for everybody. So so a couple Espe of- Especially when you get to a big word. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Photosynthesis. <laughs> uh, but okay. So um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, when he was turning five, this is uh, before the whole Olympics thing, 
because uh, five-year-olds can't compete in the Olympics. It's fucking red tape all over again. Like, um, but he noticed like a rubbery formation on his skin, uh, just in his chest. Uh, and this was a defining moment in his life uh, because he initially believed that the bump would just go away, uh, but it just kept growing and it started to actually press against his lungs. So he was struggling to breathe and, you know, take air in, which is, some would say, the most important part of running is being able to breathe. Um, but he notified his mother about it, unable to bear his discomfort. His mother told Henry, his father, uh, that uh, they needed to do something about it. Uh, although his parents were sorted to surgery, um, to remove a lump of Jesse's leg. This one was big, much bigger than the one they removed from his leg previously, and it was nearer to his heart. So okay. I, hate, I hate to say it, but also I love to say it. I have more in common with a four-time Olympic gold medalist than you do, Darren. <laughs> you, sir, are fucking reaching with this one. <laughs> Hey, we both have scars on our chest. Um, hey, 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 hang on. All right, you have more calm with them. I bet I'd still beat you in a race. I wouldn't oh, beat Jesse Owens in a race. I'd beat you. <laughs> 100%. I mean, like, I'd be picking up, I would be picking up the bronze medal if it was between me, you, and Jesse Owens. Um, but yes, uh, so the financial conditions of the Owens at that point, you know, they, they weren't well off. They had 10 children. Um, mustn't have a TV because uh, it was the. Early Are you sure they weren't Irish Catholics? Have you <laughs> that one out? I, I I haven't double checked that, but who knows? Um, but the, yeah, they couldn't afford the physician service, so Jesse's mother sterilized the kitchen knife over a flame and used it to cut the gluttonous lump from his chest. Amazing! That's a really cool story. Not at the time, obviously, with the risk oh. of infection, but cool story. Yeah. Um, Post surgery, a hole the size of a golf ball. Um, uh, uh, in the uh, operated area started spurting blood so uh, yeah I don't think it was the best cleanup job I'm glad I had better surgeons but um, Jesse's mother tried to stop the bleeding but it continued for days so he was literally bleeding from a golf size golf ball sized hole in his chest for several days um, Jesse rose from his bed and walked to the front door of his tiny house three days after having the operation um, yeah, it takes a lot after, after going through surgery, it takes a lot to walk. I, I can attest to that. Um, because Hey, it's, it's not fun learning how to like sit up again. That was probably the most difficult part of it. Um, so but, Jesse Owens rose from the dead after three days. Is he in fact, are, have you, have you, are you reading that out of a Bible? Have you got the wrong book? That's <laughs> a different, that's a different guy. That story. Uh, Leviticus chapter one. Uh, what is it? Leviticus, uh, yeah, uh, three seventeen. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, I was like, what? Yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going either. Um, but uh, yeah, after he was able to walk after the third day after the operation, uh, Jesse walked into his fa father's arms and urged him to pray. Both in his, uh, both son and father knelt and prayed, and according to Jesse, the bleeding stopped within a few minutes. Wow. Okay, then. So, guys, if you've got any trouble whatsoever, financial, monetary, your dick's too small, uh, monetary, uh, you know, anything like that, pray to God and he'll sort it out within a Pray to minutes. God for money. Use that money to fix your dick. That's what we're exactly, saying. Exactly. And then play for more money because you just spent money on your dick. 
So um, Jesse, along with his brothers and sisters, attended the schoolhouse in uh, Oakville's, uh, Oakville's Black neighborhood. Um, however, uh, there was nothing worth learning apart from how to read and write. Um, so Jesse spent most of his time running barefoot in the fields because he loved that. You know, I wish I could have done that in school if I could have just if I could have done what I loved in school. Like, number one, I think I would be the best uh, FIFA player of all time. <laughs> you know, it would be a lot better. What uh, if you could have done what you wanted in school? What would you be an expert at right now? Oh, like if they had to let me learn it, yeah. Like you, while I was in school, I'd yeah. probably be the, I'd probably just be the best drummer in the world because right. all when I got to like my exam year, all I wanted to do was play my drums. So that's <laughs> yeah, I'd just be doing that. That's it. Um, so uh, after moving, uh, they moved to Cleveland um, around the time when Jesse was ten, uh, or sorry, at the age of nine, and the teacher misunderstood his Alabama drawl. Uh, and believed his name was JC instead of Jesse. So the actual letters JC. Uh, he was referred to this name for the rest of his life. Uh, and he then moved to Fairmount Junior High School. Uh, in the year 1928, Jesse set his first record in the long jump and high jump at the Fairmount Junior High School under the tutelage of Charles Riley, uh, his coach and longtime mentor. Such was the connection between the two. Owens considered Riley as his second father, and Riley held Owens in equal regard. Riley also invited Owens to his house and treated him like a member of his own family. Um, two years later, he enrolled into the East Technical School of Cleveland, where he met uh, Minnie Ruth Solomon, his wife-to-be. Uh, Owens oh, broke... That's... Yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's done a lot, so I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to go, go through all his college kind of dealio and then we'll get to the the nitty-gritty of the whole hitler thing um, so owens broke three world records in a 45 minute span at the big 10 conference in annabara on the 25th of may as we've already said um he broke the 200 yard low hurdles 200 yard uh, 220 yard dash and the long jump and he also tied on that day for the 100 yard dash so you could say he was pretty athletic uh, in college, he was a member of the Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity, uh, and he was known as the Buckeye Bullet in, in Ohio State University, Ohio State obviously being the Buckeyes. Um, and in 1976, pre uh, President George or President uh, Ford awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Look at that. Uh, just after the 1936 Olympics, uh, there was an allegory that Hitler, infuriated by the fact an African-American won four gold medals, refused to congratulate Owens. However, the two exchanged congratulatory waves and Hitler gave Jesse a friendly little Nazi salute. Yeah. Are we, are uh, we flicking the hands? Hey. <laughs> Could have been more camp if he tried. Um, but the harsh reality was at that time, Roosevelt, the American president, neither acknowledged the triumphs of Jesse uh, nor invited him to the White House after winning four gold medals for the country he represented, which is, yeah. Uh, Jesse said that it was his president and not Hitler who snubbed him. I mean, like, sh give, give, give Hitler the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. I mean, it's like, pretty bad for yeah. him to not be asked back whenever he had won so much, especially at what would later become. You got to remember as well that, I mean, at that point, you mentioned earlier on, 
I think by 1936, when they were still hosting the Olympics, obviously that means that the war hadn't broken out. So yeah. they hadn't yet occupied Poland and France. And I think they had done the Anschluss with Austria, which is where the two countries joined together. Okay. But yeah, then they just kind of, after that, I don't. I think everyone was mates until they invaded like Czechoslovakia. And then they're like, hey, what are you at? So they were still able to organize an Olympics during peacetime, which Owens was at. So Exactly. Um, yeah. Few people are aware that Jesse won shoes crafted by Adidas during his famous stint at the German Olympics. Uh, the triumph of the athlete helped German shoemaker Adolf Dassler launch his uh, business. Ten years later, Dassler launched Adidas, his own company. So a humble shoemaker in Germany made him his shoes and then went on to be Adidas. Yeah. So, Sponsor um, of your shirt. I'm trying to remember because obviously we call it Adidas because it is the sponsor of my United shirt mm-hmm. in Germany. Is it Adidas or is that just America where they call it Adidas? I assume it's, it's Adidas in America. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how you would say it in a German accent because that's probably the name of it. Oh, Adidas. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's a Adidas. guy's name. So yeah, yeah, Adidas sounds better in a German accent. Um, Jesse then returned home after the Olympics and had to face a tough time for the next few years. Uh, just because of the civil rights movement happening in America. Um, there was a point during this period where he had to file for bankruptcy as well as work at a gas station to pay his outstanding bills. Uh, yeah, that's probably not how national heroes should be treated. Uh, just America at the time, was it? Just because it was, I mean, that Jesse Owens, 1936, that predated civil rights by about 25 years. So yeah, he's not going to get an easy time right there. Exactly. Um, and then just a, a couple of little... Uh, little tidbits just to finish us up here um the blonde haired german who lost to owens in the german olympics hugged jesse owens and walked around arm in arm around the stadium after jesse won the long jump that's pretty cool so yeah. maybe a bit more forward i mean let's he's probably killed soon after but you know <laughs> forward, think, forward thinking of him yeah. I should be laughing at that but that is extremely probably true um yeah. Yes, uh, so uh, Jesse Owens uh, was a heavy smoker all through his time. So obviously it being, uh, this is why I'm more like him (laughs) each and every day. Um, Yeah, so Jesse Owens, a heavy smoker, she came to lung cancer on the day after my birthday, the 31st of March, 1980 in Tucson, uh, Tucson, Arizona at the age of 66 years old. Um, A street in Berlin once named after his honor four years later and Owens was posthumously awarded the Congressional uh, Gold Medal in 1990 by Gerald Ford. Okay, so he was honoured after, which is shit, because where was his honours whenever he was actually winning things? But there you go. Exactly. Kind of seems like these very important figures in our society are never appreciated uh, until they're gone. Uh, You look at Jesse Owens, you look at Jim Thorpe, people we've done episodes on before, simply because they're a different race. And there's a reason uh, to talk about uh, Jesse Owens. Uh, Number one, the amount of racism that is happening, specifically in football at this time, is absolutely disgusting. Uh, Jurgen Klopp put it great in a statement today that if you are a fan of Liverpool or any football club and you're sending these hateful messages of racism, uh, do us a favour and walk alone. And I think that is a fantastic way to look at it because it's so easy to tar everybody with the same brush going like all Millwall fans are racist. They are, but that's beside the point. Um, it is, it's very, it, you don't want to get into that game. I know for a fact, not every single person going to a Millwall game is racist. 
but when like other people stand by and let other people say shit that that are that is racist that is you know any form of like sexism homophobia uh anti-semitism uh you know sectarian it all develops this kind of culture where uh, all these people are being lumped in the same thing uh, which hey that's what racism does as well which is fucking disgusting so the official as i was saying to darren the official statement of injury time is that racism is bad and to stop doing it and literally, if you see it, uh, if you're on, if you're in, you know, watching a football match, rugby, uh, you know, Gaelic hurling, any other sport that you go watch, if you see it, fucking don't just stand there and like accept that. Oh no, he's sure it's his opinion and stuff like that. Fair enough. And I mean, as you said, like Jesse won uh, an Olymp- four-time Olympic medalist who mm-hmm. didn't get honored by his country till forty years after he'd done it. So disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We really have to bring it back up in the fucking outro <laughs> just to kind of... Yeah. Rem- <laughs> Jordan, no pressure. These questions you're going to ask me after the games to watch better be hilarious. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. Um, but yeah, let's get into the games to watch. Hey, see, this is something I was thinking about when we talk about games to watch. Yes. Do actual games worth watching? Because I think we just we just tell them all the games that are on. I'm going to try and pick a few that are actually actually bother your arse to try and see because with lockdown, I've been watching a lot more football. Mm. And I'm really sad to say I've seen some terrible games that I had great hopes for. So that's a lot of I'm, pish. I'm hoping we're going to recommend you guys some good games to actually sit exactly. down and watch. Uh, the, Starting tomorrow night. Exactly. I was just going to say. <laughs> uh, yes, Liverpool. Uh, you see how, see how I built that one up? No, like that was coming. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, Liverpool travelled to Ellen Road to play Leeds. Um, yeah, the first game. It was the first game of the season last year. Um, Unbelievable. Fantastic game. Um, but for an example of what you're saying, we're not going to cover the Chelsea-Brighton game because foregone conclusion, as they say. Um, Are Brighton at home? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. Signed, sealed, delivered. Uh, so that kind of like leaves us to, what, Friday? Uh, with Arsenal against Everton. Yeah, I mean, your midweeks are Tottenham Southampton, Aston Villa, Man City. I'm not hoping holding out uh, for that. We'll, we will be required to watch anything more than the three-minute highlight reel on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Arsenal Everton, will that be a game? Um, it was an entertaining enough game against Spurs. So hopefully something will happen. Like, um, yeah. Moving on to Saturday, the highlight... Big one for you. Exactly. The, uh, so uh, the rest of the games, uh, the toughest two games we have left are this Saturday uh, when we host Chelsea and then when we play Everton as well. Um, if we could get six points from both those games, that would be absolutely fantastic. Obviously, Chelsea are trying to get into the Champions League qualifications as well. So this is make or break. I, this is the game to watch. Like, And uh, I will be watching through clench fists of <laughs> hopefully hopefully joy, joy but who knows um normally well, we also know that if west ham if west ham take the lead you can't settle anyway so it doesn't matter exactly i may I just would... <laughs> take loads of morphine <laughs> just at like half five wake up several days later and <laughs> uh yeah i'll be grand um and then moving on there's also liverpool against newcastle which has the potential mm-hmm. to be good um, but moving on to Sunday, Leeds United uh, host Manchester United at Ellen Road. 
Oof. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Leeds are in for quite the week. I think that's... Um, I, I mean, if Leeds perform against Liverpool, I would say they'll give United one hell of a game. Yeah, definitely. And I, yeah, nobody... Yeah, I don't think anyone can... Even though there's plenty of faults in their system, no one cannot enjoy watching Leeds play Leeds football. Exactly. Uh, and also on Sunday at 4.30, we have the EFL Cup, Manchester City against Tottenham. It's a cup final. It's worth watching. Yeah, Spurs are actually on to win a trophy, which will be their first one since... Uh, um, let me see, since what the... Since ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since Jesse Owens won those four gold medals. Since the, since the invention of penicillin, Tottenham will have won a trophy. <laughs> uh, crazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, I'll, ju- I'll just quickly glance over any of the uh, Northern Irish Premier League games that'll be happening. So back on, what was this, Tuesday night? Yeah, so Tuesday uh, we have... A, a good couple of games in the Northern Irish Premiership. We have Cliftonville against Lantoran and Solitude, Porterdown against Larn, and Warren Point against Glenavon. Cliftonville, Glentorn might not be a bad shot if you yeah. can get that one on the old BBC iPlayer. Could be uh, Yeah, I, I don't know if they're if they'll be doing uh, any live broadcasts or anything like that. But yeah, keep your eye out. Uh, and then there is not another Northern Irish Premiership game until Friday. When uh, Glentoran play again, uh, they host Lauren at the Oval. It'll be very interesting to see how that goes. So if you get bored watching Arsenal play Everton, you know, some local football to spice up your life. That, that was, yeah, that was really Spice Girls-esque, wasn't it? Spice up your life. I, I don't know. I've never seen the Spice Girls. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, they're singers, right? They're not that. Jordan, stop, stop. So, the Spice Girls are. No, I, I, Spice Girls are. no, I genuinely, I like they were in a movie, weren't they? There was Spice World, the movie. I don't know why I know this, but yeah, they were the, <laughs> they were the biggest band in the world in 1987. I said band, use the term loosely. But yeah, <laughs> a collection were, of, one of the biggest music. Yes. <laughs> um, so Saturday's games, Balamina, Coleraine, Cliftonville, Carrick Rangers, Dungannon, Crusaders, Warren Point, Porterdown, and Glenavon, Linfield. Uh, and yeah, that, Pretty much sums it up there for uh, this week's Northern Irish Premiership. So, uh, are you ready uh, to uh, possibly get three out of three? Because looking back over these questions, uh, uh, there was a couple of answers that were in this episode today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I was paying attention. Exactly. So, question number one. I'll give you the easiest one first, because if you don't get this, you weren't listening. Uh, what year were the German Berlin Olympics? 1936. Uh Wonderbar, you got one out of one, Darren. You should be proud of yourself. Uh, you switched from German to like Transylvanian. That's like Dracula. <laughs> yeah, my mom's Romanian, my dad's German. <laughs> what of it? Okay, uh, question number two. What football team, uh, or sorry, what country do football team Star Bucharest come from? Bucharest are from... Oh, wait, Bucharest is in Hungary? You tell me, my friend. Oh, no. Bucharest is Hungary or Romania. Um, Bucharest. Bucharest is Hungary. Is that your final answer? Y- yeah. No. Is Bucharest Romania? Yes. Oh, for fuck... Fuck's sake. Okay, that was the two that I was... I was like... I'm trying to think. What's what's the capital of Hungary, then? Uh, this is, this is like... Best. Budapest and Bucharest. Oh, mix them up. Fuck. Okay, that's annoying. Okay, one <laughs> three. 
and, and this is another one that you should get. But... Who named those two places, by the way? I like to put. Can we VAR that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just get the, the, it's the TMO. The TMO works, <laughs> so we'll go with I'm, that. I'm going to complain to people, this is a bad Zoom connection to what people are like, I see her, that question wrong. I couldn't hear what he was saying. Didn't know what he was on about. Um, so who is the, uh, this is GAA question. So what player has the most points in GAA football? So uh, for Arma. Like in history? In history. Oshie McConville. Correct. Thank you. I was, worried, I was worried I was going to get that wrong there because I was like, I can think of a few people that could be. <laughs> two, two out of three, man. All right, two, two out of three and one a shot unknown. I'm fucking raging. I, this is how, I know how you feel now because normally I don't give a shit if I get two or three, but... <laughs> mm. You see when it's just that one, it ruins my whole entire week, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. Um, I would like to thank Rona for doing the research. Um, uh, Johnny Bo, check out his podcast, uh, Sane Asylum. Uh, it's a great old podcast. Um, I would also like to thank Darren Matthews, and I would like you to check out Darren Matthews and Sometimes Friends, uh, an offshoot of the Injury Time podcast. Um, How dare you, sir. <laughs> um, uh, I would also like to thank myself uh, for uh, being uber woke this week. Um, uh, and also, if you guys like movies, please check out Pop Kernels. It's another podcast on this, I want to say, network but it's just me making two different podcasts. Uh, yeah, Jordan's cheating on me, but go listen to his podcast. It's very good. <laughs> See, this is why I said Darren Matthews and Sometimes Friends, because I felt bad about plugging my own podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, so thanks very much, guys. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Of we design. Oh, it's a German. Nice. Stays down. Hit it! Oh! What a moment!